This week's episode of the Star Wars Report is brought to you by the good folks supporting us over on patreon.com slash Star Wars Report. Let's do the show, folks. Come, come, come. And who might you be? It's the Star Wars Report. Star Wars Report. Woo! Star Wars Report. The place for Star Wars news, features, interviews, and more. Let me give you something epic. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Please delete as appropriate. The Force. It's calling to you. Just let it in. Well, hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Star Wars Report podcast. I'm your host, Riley Blanton. Glad to have you back on board as we talk all things wars. Uh, We're talking Clone Wars, Star Wars, High Republic Wars, uh, Beard Wars... (laughs) <laughs> That's the thing. <laughs> There's a lot to talk about this week on the podcast, and I'm glad to have uh, by my side once again in the co-pilot seat. It's Mr. Bruce Gibson. What's going on, Bruce? It's so good to be here. It's been too long, and it's been too long since you've had oh. episodes until last week. You're kind of like I immediately thought of Jar Jar as he walked uh, back into uh, his fellow Gungans' home, uh, and was like, "Ooh, muy, muy good being home." Um, and mark's like cha-cha um i I just was watching the phantom menace uh the other night just fun fact um i've been on a prequel kick this last week not gonna lie really what is the last what happened why that you know i've discovered that one of my favorite star wars movies to put on in the background are currently the prequels and I'd say that has been the case over the last year or so. That's been a trend I've noticed as I, like, it's late at night. I just want to throw something on in the background, not really to watch, but just to have on the background while I read thought-provoking, uh, informative, and educational novels and nonfiction books. No, I mean while I scroll on Instagram. So, uh, <laughs> but no, I I, uh, I do like to put on the, the movie in the background before bed. And, and, and this week it's been a, a bit of Phantom Menace, not going to lie. Nice. The Phantom Menace, that's really interesting. Because for some reason, lately, anytime I use an example of something like a Star Wars movie, or like my, my kids were like, oh, what should we watch? I'm like, The Phantom Menace. I keep going there <laughs> for some reason. Yeah. Do you have a go-to Star Wars film that you put on like in the background sometimes? Um, I, if I do, I would say it's probably a new hope, Okay, but I mean, for the most part, if I'm going to watch a star Wars movie, if it's not something specific and I'm just like, I want to watch a star Wars movie. I do a random thing. I just ask uh, Siri on my iPhone oh. to pick a number between one and 11 and I have the movies numbered <laughs> in my head in a certain way. And Wait. I go with whatever Siri picks. Uh, what is number, hang on. What's number four then? Number four, so I do episodes one through nine is one through nine, okay. and then number 10, would, so number four would be A New Hope. Okay. And then number 10 is uh, Rogue One, mm-hmm. and then Solo is number 11. Okay. All right. That makes sense. And so you go release order is what I'm hearing. Well, I go... I go well, I guess that's no. not technically release order. No, it's... This is so confusing, Bruce. <laughs> well, I just... Well, because when I first started doing it, it was before Rogue One came out. I used to yeah. do it one through six. So sure. I just said episode one is one, two, you know, episode you know, one you through do, six. You so can I even do one, one through seven, J.J. Abrams, and then right. Gareth Edwards ruined it. And then Rogue it. One came out. I'm like, what do I do with that? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I could put Rogue One at number four between... You know, but we're so used to saying Ep Four, right? It's yeah, it's just too confusing. So then I was just like, well, okay, I'll start. out, you know, one through nine will be the Skywalker saga, and then after that will be the standalone film. So the first one then is Rogue One because that was the first released, and then Solo, the Skywalker saga. Yes, I still don't know how I feel about that. What? That's the Skywalker saga, or that's called that? That it's called. Was this a thing, Bruce? You would probably remember better than me, honestly. Was the Skywalker saga a thing before the marketing for Rise of Skywalker? Mm, I don't think not very much. In my fan mind, it was something kind of pulled out of thin air very late in the game when they determined Rise of Skywalker was going to be the last episodic film. It may have been. Yeah, I mean, 
I've heard it called the Skywalker Saga, but not officially as much. But I would say, yeah, around the time of Rise of Skywalker, like shortly before that, maybe a couple years before they premiered with that, that, yeah, I was hearing it definitely more and more from Lucasfilm and Disney. I feel like there was a documentary, some um, there's some kind of do- documentary that was called something about the Skywalkers before pre episode nine. But other than that, I feel like that the phrase Skywalker saga is something that was you know first appeared in TV spots uh, about the the rise of Skywalker, which I I guess it makes sense because that that is how J.J. Abrams was trying to close out the story and and his sort of crown jewel moment of that is making ray a skywalker or adopting the skywalker name rather um but it is interesting to me that it's it's something that it 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 fits probably better than any other bow that i could think to tie up the saga with but i'm not it, it still feels very very recent very dated in that it's something that's modern and recent and hasn't really entered my fan vocabulary so what do you call when you're referring to those nine movies? What do you call them? Um, like if you were saying to me, "Oh, the nine movies or the episode," like what would you the, refer I, to the them episodic as? films? Which the sounds really films. hoity-toity when I say that. <laughs> no, I'm actually so I'm referring to the episodic films of the saga, the Skywalker saga. Um, well, see, I used to say the Star Wars saga. When I'm yeah. re- or you know for the movies, I prefer to do it that way. So now I'm just substituting the, Star Wars, Star Wars with Skywalker. I, well, listen, I Bruce, I prefer to say saga. We have something to report. Data, <laughs> I have good news. Data brought to us by the Botham spies. You can send a clear transmission. There it is. Ah. Listen, listen. I feel like I feel like George definitely said saga. Uh, a few times well he would say it but then he would change it again just like you know leia or leah han or han Han. (laughs) saga saga yeah lando londo no that's not a way to (laughs) second we have um, hoth and hoth hoth that's one that is definitely one um Anyway, so that uh, that could be its whole its own blog post or something but uh we have uh some high republic details uh first details of of wave two of the Star Wars High Republic. Uh, StarWars.com is thrilled to reveal the official descriptions for the first round of uh, Star Wars The High Republic. And so they have um, issue number six of the comic. I'm going to do a quick rundown here, and then maybe we'll park on one or two of these. Um, More details in the next issue, issue 203 of Star Wars Insider, is going to uh, cover the high republic in more uh detail including a short story called the hidden danger um then we have the rising storm by kevin scott that's due out june 29th which is the third um high republic um no second high republic second third i lose track there's light of the jedi and then i think there was another one right into the dark into the storm into the chaos into the (laughs) night well into what was that into into the light. In, no, uh, into the dark. Into the, thank you. Uh, <laughs> I just, <laughs> sounds like a very Batman kind of title. Um, into and, the dark. Um, and then let's see, uh, Daniel Jose Alders race to crash point Ta- tower, which is a, a mid grade novel. IDW. That's, up your, that's, that's definitely for you. Right oh, there. definitely right there. Um, then they have, the High Republic Out of the Shadows by Justina Ireland, out July 22nd. And then we have cover, cover not final, no official cover, but Tempest Runner, uh, which is, I think, the final. Let's see. What they, actually, I'm kind of int- intrigued in how they uh, do that. Let's see. Tempest Runner by Kevin Scott. Uh, it's an audio original, original novel. Oh, okay, that's interesting. Uh, coming out August 31st. Oh, the day after my birthday. That's so nice of them. Mm, happy birthday. Yeah. Um, let's see. what. Lord, I'm going to keep... Listen, I haven't even finished this blog post and I'm, I've lost interest. <laughs> oh my gosh. I thought you were just going to say, oh my gosh, I'm not even through this. and it's There's just so much more. Well, there is so much more. All right, we've got uh, Star Wars, The High Republic, Edge of Balance, yes. uh, which is a manga-style comic. 
um, about young Jedi Knight Lily Toraasi. Um, in, it's about her story in the aftermath of the hyperspace disaster. I did get that far into Light, into Light of the Jedi, though. Um, I read about the first third of the book. That's about where I checked out. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, place, uh, wherever you had your bets placed on where Riley would jump out of the High, High Republic uh, timeline, about a third of the way through the first book. That's about as long That's as where you were in the last episode. Oh, yeah. No, that's, that is, that's my exit point. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I still listen. Door's still cracked open. I could jump back in. Um, but uh, let's see. They also have an 8 by 8 storybook called Showdown at the Fair. Ooh, I bet there's Rit- clowns. Riveting. <laughs> the Republic Fair has come to the planet Valo, and everyone is celebrating until the dreaded Nil launch a surprise attack, and Briaga the Wookiee, or is it Briaga the Wookiee, and the Order of the Jedi of the High Republic must save the day. It's a junior novel. It looks, it looks, it could be fun. It could be a good time. So that. That's not even junior novel. It says it's a storybook. Storybook. Eight by eight storybook. And you know what? That comes out on my birthday. October 5th. Yeah. Pre-happy birthday, sir. (laughs) It was made just for me. (laughs) How far? All right. So don't just make... Am I I alone? How far are you into the High Republic stuff? Be honest. Fess up. Oh, my gosh. So I have read The Light of the Jedi all the way to the end. So ahead of me. Isn't that impressive? Um, so I'm ahead of you. That's pretty cool. I've also impressive. read A Test of Courage. Okay, all right. And that's all I've done. I do have the High Republic Adventure comics, but I haven't okay. read them yet. I have them sitting, like, the digital comics. Okay. And I haven't read the other mainline comics yet. I kind of like to, you know, get them piled up a little and, like, go through them. I, like, I several do. Issues. I like reading trades for that very reason of having a complete story. Right. Um, exactly. Yeah, I'm but I haven't gonna... done anything. I haven't even got to uh, the one we were talking about before. The mm-hmm. into the into the dark or into whatever. The but that's that just it's... came out. I haven't even got to it yet. Yeah, into the unknown. I can't believe I did that many of, on the riff on the into this blank riff, and I didn't say into the unknown. <laughs> <laughs> I that's that that was teed up right there, and I missed it. Uh, I'm so but I will I say I'm not like really excited. Like sure, the sure. first book I read All was right. felt like a setup to me. You know, like I didn't really get that invested in because there were so many characters. Mm. There were some characters I was a little more interested in, but okay. it piqued yeah. an interest. But but it just it did feel like setup. So it wasn't like I really got engrossed in it. And it, a test of courage was kind of fun, but it's you know it's for younger kids, so it wasn't quite the same. Sure, yeah. That's but yeah, true. I'm going to keep giving it a chance. Because right, uh, well, I think now they'll focus more and more on different characters more deeply, and I think I'll start there were, more it. it. was. I, I would say that. It, I, lukewarm response for me. I didn't hate hate it. There were some characters that were more intriguing than others. Yes. For sure. Um, Alright, so that's the entire rundown of High Republic through October. A bunch of releases. We'll track them as they come out, I'm sure. Um, we'll get you to report back in as you continue on your journey, Bruce. Um, but but hold, hold, hold all High Republic talk. We have something much more important to the Star Wars saga, and that is Ewan McGregor's facial hair. <laughs> oh, yes. Because, you know, with COVID, there's a lot of guys that aren't shaving because you're home all the time. I'm sure that's the same with him. Mm. Probably, probably. Is that what you're getting at? More or less, because like um, I've never seen so many articles about somebody's beard in my life <laughs> than the uh, the recent. It was a Cycle Guard Motorcycles Instagram account because we know like um, Ewan's a big you know motorcycler enthus- yes. enthusiast, motorcycle enthusiast. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, and they posted on their Instagram, and there he is, just like grinning, big cheesy grin. It's got a bit of the tattoo on the right arm uh and a big old bushy and i mean bushy obi-wan beard uh, just it's like all cheesing. of a sudden it's there it's like it says hello there, <laughs> hello there. <laughs> um you know what makes it particularly pronounced is the um it's the stash the stash is pretty pretty pronounced pretty bushy um <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, 
I, I definitely think that this is not, uh, they're probably actually going to have to trim it down. But of course, everybody got it. It shows you the excitement for Obi-Wan that everybody's freaking out just because there's a new picture of uh, Ewan McGregor. Did you say here. new or nude? <laughs> new. <laughs> not, okay. Because <no. laughs> all we're talking about is the beard. Yes. Just the, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Lord. But you're right. He's, he's going to grow that out because he's going to want them to shape it. You know, yeah. you don't want it too short. So let it get kind of bushy so you can shape it the way they want it, you know? Yeah. yeah. No, I'm ex- it tells you because I would say what 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 Star Wars project do you think has the most buzz right now? Because now we're talking Obi-Wan. That seems to be up there. Would you say that's number one? Uh, as of right now, I'd probably say, yeah, that one. Mm-hmm. More than Boba Fett? Yeah. Well, because they came out with the recent more of the um, cast announcement and stuff yes. recently. So I feel like that got a little more buzz over Boba Fett. Because I, I don't know, unless you know something more of me, I really haven't heard much about Boba Fett. Not other than the in- initial announcement, the logo that we have, and that teaser at the end of Mandalorian. That's all we have. The Book of Boba Fett. Which I really wonder, I wonder what that book is. I don't think that's just a random title. It's an odd thing to title a TV show, the book of. But it's, I guess it falls with the chapter, you know, um, sequence of The Mandalorian, chapter one, chapter two. So I guess that in that sense, it makes some level of sense, but... I don't know, man. It's it, it's interesting to see to me that a lot of the stuff that has the most hype, The Mandalorian season three, Obi Wan Kenobi, Ahsoka, even some of the stuff that I would say maybe not as much hype, but definitely very anticipated, um, Acolyte, Lando, Rogue Squadron, the the next movie. I think. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how much of a splash the stuff coming out this year even makes, or if it kind of flies under the radar in comparison to other Star Wars content. I really feel like um, certainly Bad Batch and maybe even Boba Fett, Star Wars Visions, those are like the three things coming out this year. It's a kind of thin year for Star Wars content in some ways. I say that laughing because it's three freaking shows. Um, <laughs> but it, it, by in compare, it just as her, in terms of like, cultural awareness and, and overall hype uh i feel like this is the light year and and next year and beyond when we have andor when we have the next season of mandalorian range of the new republic obi-wan ahsoka rogue squadron like that's when i think that stuff's going to hit harder yeah i i also think that well i mean they're just kind of gearing things up anyway but you're not going to get as much as in this year as you probably will next year because of COVID. So that had something to do with production on some things. But yeah, I think by the end of this year, you'll start to really start to hear more things and things really start ramping up. Yeah. No, I think so. I think for sure that'll make it much easier. Um, as, as they get into those releases, which, um, there is a rumor though, you know, I talked about stuff that's been confirmed, but I do want to talk, take this for what it's worth. Um, a couple updates about um, the upcoming shows on Disney Plus this year. We'll start with Mandalorian just because we're we're talking about it. And, and well, I, sh- I say Mandalorian. I spoiled it right there. But the book of Boba Fett, there's a rumor, according to Cinelinks, that the Mandalorian will appear in the book of Bo- Boba Fett. Mm. Um, it's just wrapped filming. And uh, details have been locked up super tight. Like you say, they haven't really been talking about it much. They haven't really shown much. Um, I haven't heard anything. In fact, the fact that they didn't talk about it in that Disney presentation because they wanted to save it for that teaser in the last episode, I think that's actually part of why it hasn't gotten as much hype, not being a part of that presentation. Yeah. Um, All I know is Cara Dune's not in it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's, that's pretty pretty sure, yeah. But um, we don't know why Din Djarin would show up, but the fact that he shows up isn't a surprise to me. I would not. Like, he's part of the biggest hit of Star Wars right now, so why would you not include the Mandalorian? Absolutely. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm looking forward to the Bad Batch in three weeks. Yeah, that's, that's gonna, true. Uh, that's the next, that is the next one out. We talked about the trailer last week, but Bruce, I know we didn't get a chance. Um, I, I'm... I'm excited, but uh, I'm not hyped. I haven't entered that, which I don't think I will be. I think I'm okay with, you know, 
in the buffet of Star Wars options that's coming, having a spinoff of the Clone Wars is a perfectly fine option. I can think of a lot of spinoffs I would have rather seen, but, you know, why talk about what's not happening? I'm looking forward to analyzing what is happening, and I really hope it's good. I just yeah, want I, it to be good. I, I think it will be, and... I'm, I'm like you. I'm excited. I'm not real hyped about it, but I'm excited about it. But I have a feeling that as soon as we start watching it, you're going to have that feeling of, oh, I feel like I'm watching new Clone Wars. You know, that yeah. feeling you used to have when wow. the new Clone Wars would come out. And that just will like come back to you and you'll get that, that, that buzz, you know, mm-hmm. the goose little pimples going. Yeah, <laughs> you know? no, for sure. Uh, there's a rumor of something else coming to Disney Plus May 4th, though. No! <laughs> <laughs> I love your re- your reaction. Um, <clears throat> Star Wars Detours set to release on Disney Plus after nine year purgatory. This is from a movie blog I've never heard of, but it's, oh, then it's true. It's definitely true. Well, it's definitely made the round. It's one of those that it's made the rounds a lot. I don't. That doesn't mean it's any more legit, but. I did want to talk about it because it's one of those that's always just honestly confused me. I don't understand why they wouldn't release Detours because they just had... I don't remember how many episodes they had finished. But... Um, and if you guys aren't don't know or didn't see that trailer, because I realize this is from Celebration 5? 6? When they first talked about this? 6. Uh, in 2012, right. they yeah. announced Star Wars Detours, which is going to be a CGI animated comedy series uh, led by Seth Green, of course, of Robot Chicken fame. Um, evidently, George Lucas loved Robot Chicken and the Robot Chicken Star Wars specials so much that he just literally threw a bunch of money at Seth Green and his guys to make their own like in-universe Star Wars comedy series. Um, and and, and they, they finished a bunch of episodes uh, and had a bunch of uh, all-star cast of Star Wars regulars, like Ahmed Best as Jar Jar, Anthony Daniels as C-3PO, Billy D as Lando. Um, there's also... Uh, the trailers... Watch the trailer. I thought it was funny. I was really excited when I first saw it. Debut at Celebration. That's where I first saw the trailer. It's really, really goofy. But, um, of course, after the Disney purchase... We heard nothing squat for the last nine years. Um, but uh, it's saying here they have 52 episodes done. Jeez, that's a lot. <laughs> the, the sort if of that's true. Yeah. I don't know because, okay, so I've been joking for a number of years. Like anytime you'd be like, hey, we got an announcement of a new movie or new whatever. I'm like, yeah, but what about detours? You know, like I always would use that as a joke. And now it's like, okay, are we really going? I mean, I don't, I'm not that excited about detours, but I would like to see it. I mean, it's definitely if it never comes out, I can live with that. But I don't know. It's just the Vulcan reporter.com. I don't, <laughs> to your point. I've never heard of it. It's like, what, is this Spock that's reporting this? The Vulcan yes. Reporter? It does say I, it's exclusive news, reviews, interviews, and more. I mean, it would make sense to me that they release it. It was my understanding. I don't know how true this is, but I was. I heard years ago when they pulled the plug on releasing this that Disney didn't want to do it because they wanted people to take these characters and Darth Vader and such seriously as the new movies were coming out and not sure. look at these characters as jokes because that's why they don't have you know, Darth Vader dancing on stage anymore with a bunch of stormtroopers at Disney. Yes. The, the hyperspace hoopla as they used to call it at star Wars weekends. Right. And you can't get the Mickey mouse dressed as star Wars. Yeah. There's no more Jedi Mickey. Right. So it was like, Oh, take us seriously. But I always had a hard time with that because I'm like, okay, I get that. I understand that position, but you're still releasing Lego star Wars movies. That's And that's what I was getting at earlier. Bruce, Is that, that, I think the idea of the the thought process of taking Star Wars very seriously has is is, is dead. It's it's been dead a long time, <laughs> and that's a good thing. I like Robot Chicken. I like because Star Wars is such has 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 penetrated every part of popular culture. It is ripe for parody. It's perfect, and that's there's nothing offensive. There's nothing sacred about these characters that they can't be a part of parody and comedy. Um, yeah. I mean, if you're going to release the Ewok cartoon and those two movies, 
you might as well release detours. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's yeah. just, I, I, again, I don't really care. I mean, I'd like to see these, but if they don't come out, I can live life without these. But I, I don't, I, I mean, if they're already there, I mean, why not? Yeah. Like, do it's something with them. Like 40 some odd, 50 some odd episodes. Like, Mine as well. Let's, uh, let, all right, here's a clip. Rather than just talk around it, I bet there's some number of you listening to this that have never heard uh, anything from Detours. Here's a clip from that trailer that uh, originally debuted at Celebration. More like a, like a, some kind of a Death Star. Death Star. I like the sound of that. Aha! This is the ploy. No. It's a ruse. No. It's an ambush. No. A subterfuge. No. A confining device. A snare. A box popped up with a stick. It's a trap. It's a wrap. Where's my hat? It's a trap. Sorry, sorry. Just finally figured it out. On my way back to the office. Couldn't get it out of my head. Gotta go. I'm double parked. Hey, oh. <laughs> it almost sounds like the Muppets to me. <laughs> it really does. When you just listen to the audio, that is what it sounds like. <laughs> it's literally the animated characters dancing like the hyperspace hoopla in the trailer. It's uh, it's pretty epic. It looks amazing. I'm not even gonna lie. It looks so stupidly awesome. So much so that I know my wife will not watch it with me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Oh lord. Um, okay. Let's uh, you know what? Let's finish out the news of the show. I want to jump straight to this story, and it has literally nothing to do with Star Wars. Oh, is like, this gonna get personal? Literally nothing to do with Star Wars. Uh, Indiana Jones 5 is a go starring Phoebe Waller-Bridge joining the inimitable Harrison Ford um, <clears throat> as well as John Williams returning to the next Indiana Jones film I'm pretty hyped are you hyped are you excited for this How do do you feel? I am very excited. I love Indiana Jones. I mean, I know Harrison Ford is something like 78 years old. Yes, Um, he is. Exactly that, actually. (laughs) Which is funny because now you have to understand, I I loved Indiana Jones when the first three movies came out. And I remember when The Last Crusade came out. I think it was in 89. Mm. I remember Harrison Ford being interviewed and they said, will there be a fourth movie? And he's like, I'm getting too old for this now. And I'm like, <laughs> and here we are in 2021 and he's in his late seventies yeah. and he's going to do one. It's like, wow. Okay. If he was too old in 1989, what about in 2021? But I'm so hyped that John Williams is writing. I mean, I'm just, I, anytime I hear about a movie with John Williams music, especially mm. star Wars, Indian Jones, I, that gets me just excited as the movie. I mean, I have, I'm ready for it. I, I I am too. I'm ready for the score as much as I am for the for the movie itself. Like John Williams, uh, I can't believe. Speaking of it, how old? Is, I think he's ninety one. Ninety. How old is John? I I don't want to misquote it. Let's see. I don't remember because I know he'll live forever. <laughs> yeah. He's uh nine. No, he's eighty nine. Okay, eighty nine. My gosh. 89. But you know, when he did Rise of Skywalker, I thought that was the last. I thought that was, that was the last hurrah. Yeah, these like franchise movies. I thought maybe he'll still do, you know, some things here or there or whatever. But I didn't think he'd come back to yeah. another big box office thing where he's a legend in writing music for. And that's this franchise. Hmm. Yeah. You know, what, another Jurassic World or something? Is he going to come and do that? Like, yeah, keep going, dude. Keep going. Oh, for sure. I, I will. I, I want to read one or two quotes because, like, I know India is Star Wars adjacent, but. Um, yeah, but Indy's in the Lego Star Wars game I play, so it's canon to that's, me. That's true. The uh, film's director is James Mangold, who did the Logan film, um, the old uh, Wolverine. Um, but he, uh, he says, I'm thrilled to be starting a new adventure, collaborating with the dream team of all time, great filmmakers, uh, Stephen Harrison, Kathy Frank 
and John are all are, are all are <clears throat> take two are all artistic heroes. That's hard to say. Uh, when you add Phoebe, a dazzling actor, brilliant creative voice, and the chemistry she will un- undoubtedly bring to our set, I can't help but feel as lucky as Indiana Jones himself. Kathleen Kennedy, Steven Spielberg, and Frank Marshall will be serving as producers. James Mangold is the director. Swings into theaters July 29th, 2022. Ooh, that's soon. Mm-hmm. I'll be swinging in theaters, too. I, you better believe it. The Phoebe Waller-Bridge is kind of an interesting announcement. I wonder what kind of character she'll play. Now, she's... um. British actress, which Star Wars fans know because she played in uh, Solo, a Star Wars story as the uh, robot of which I forgot the robot's name. I did too. Oh L God. something. L LG. Uh, no, wait, that's L- my TV. Uh, <laughs> uh, Solo. What was my gosh? My, my poor brain. Um, <laughs> people, I can hear you people yelling at us. Stop I, it. <laughs> we can't know everything. It's hard to make it live in your head, but... Um, We're getting old. Yeah. Uh, L337. L3, basically. Yes, L337. Um, that's right. Yeah. Yep, you got it. The the sort of... Um, I didn't really like L3 as a character, but I actually think... But she as an actress does, has done a lot more than just the... Um, uh, um, mocap work. She's She has a pretty wide range, and I'm actually interested to see the kind of character that she would play in a live action film because she did bring a lot of personality to uh, L3. Oh yeah. Um, I thought L3 was a lot of fun. The droid revolt bit. I actually did the, the, she's sort of like (laughs) if a droid were a Marxist revolutionary and it was kind of funny, like it was a little too over the top. I maybe in some spots, but I, I thought it was, I liked it. I thought it was funny. I always like the scene where she's like cutting through the gate, but she doesn't want anybody to watch and she can feel people are watching. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah, that got a little awkward though. Actually, let's be honest, the real only awkward stuff was the sort of implicit, weird romantic connection with Lando. That was, that was weird. That was, that was, you know what, if I'm honest, I think that's really the only th- part that I didn't like. I really liked the personality and the character and she's very distinct look and, and delivery and, dialogue that was really well done it's just the there's that one subplot just didn't work for me you just don't like romance not between a droid and lando calrissian <laughs> you know i mean call yeah that's i'm guilty as charged <laughs> you haven't seen the deleted scene then i take it uh, no I, I don't want to i don't want to know i don't i don't want to know it's, i want to know what lando's doing it they're, anyway. they're reworking it into a new episode oh, of detours oh lord have mercy <laughs> oh gosh um bruce uh let's let's jump in we actually uh, we're gonna take a bit more time in this episode i know we've, we hit some news here but i want to uh, have some time for discussion uh we got some great email feedback that we'll be talking about uh but also let's not forget we didn't get a chance to do it last week so let's jump into boba's bounty it's worth a lot to me as you wish that's right every week we like to talk about something we've experienced read or consumed or purchased in the world of star wars uh mr bruce gibson uh what have you been up to star warsy this week or the last few weeks it's been a while since we checked in with you well let's see i finally finished the uh the book <laughs> the bo- a test of courage the name a of, test of huh? courage a test of courage right no 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 oh. that one i finished a couple oh. months ago oh um, um the the, ro- wait, the what is rogue, it? Squadron. rogue squadron rogue what transmissions rogue no, available the one, ap- hmm i can't even remember the name it was of very it right memorable now. was it star wars it was star wars yes i'm so embarrassed right now <laughs> why can't i think of the name i'm not this editing. just tells you how much this book meant to <laughs> I'm me not- <laughs> was it la- so was it uh, into the dark no, um, no. It's, um, was it I'm looking- High Republic Thrawn Ascendancy no but I'm, I, so I was going to mention I'm listening to the audiobook of that now okay so on that. oh Alphabet Squadron the first book oh that's lord why, that's why that, you couldn't remember it that's why it took me it took me months to get through that it was one of those books I would read and sit down and then a month goes by and I read a little more I just could not get into it no of course not. It's Alphabet Squad. <laughs> I don't know anything about Alphabet Squadron. All right, so dis, dis, disclosure. But the name is Alphabet Squadron. 
it's literally like a a a real world published Lucasfilm meme about uh, Star Wars flying squadrons. They're like they're all letters. It's crazy. Let's just call it Alphabet Squadron. It doesn't really play that much, and I mean they don't say Alphabet Alphabet Squadron much in the book, but it's on I the freaking it's book cover. <laughs> It's not my type of book. Like I already knew going into it, I'm like, I'm not. I'm, I've never been much into the. I mean, some of the Rogue Squadron books I've read and I liked, and others not. So I, I just, I can't get into the whole just people flying around in ships, and that's kind of it. Yeah. Like I've never yeah. gotten into that. I, I don't even know if I'll read the second one or With not. With good reason. With well, you know, I so <laughs> a non rec from uh from Bruce Gibson non recommendation. Uh, yeah, maybe, <laughs> <laughs> but that's just me. It's just, again, it's not, it's not my type of thing. Mm. Bruce, why do you I hate Star Wars so much? Why do you have this deep seated prejudice against everything from that galaxy far, far away? How dare you? I how, actually do have one right how, now. How dare, <laughs> how dare you, Shah? <laughs> I've been thinking about it actually a lot lately. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, be, be, and I'll, I'll tell this, I'll say this really quick. Okay. I feel as if Star Wars right now, what we're getting in books and and media and stuff, as of right now, mm. seems a bit scattered. Okay, all right. Meaning that what I what I was kind of yeah. hoping for when we were starting getting the sequel trilogy, and forget forget about if you like the sequel trilogy or not. Sure, anybody, you know, just going into a sequel trilogy, I thought it was got, we were going to build on this period of time and there'll be these three movies, but then there'll be all this ancillary material that comes with it. And especially after the trilogy was over, then they would build from that. And maybe there'd be a series and another set of movies that builds. I'm not even saying necessarily based on those certain characters like Ray or Ben or anybody, but just kind of building on that era. But instead it's like, oh, we're going back to the older area era. Oh, now we're going back to a further one and we're introducing all these different characters and things. And I wanted kind of something a little more familiar more often mm. in addition to having some of those things. I feel like they're grasping at straws. Uh, how so? Like like to get into specifics, because you've 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 consumed much more of the recent novels than i have what when you say grasping at straws give me some examples well i mean the high republic i mean it's all these characters that we don't know of in a time period we don't know of which is great which is cool but you know it's just this thing where it's like i would have liked to have seen something like this being done in a with characters and mm-hmm. in an era that we know of today. And when I say, again, grasping at straws, I don't feel like the stuff like we're, where we're go- going to into uh, Disney+. Plus. I mean, there's a lot of familiar characters and things coming to that, which gets me excited. But like the Bad Batch, mm. you know, we're saying we're excited, but we're not overly excited about it, you know? Sure. And it's like, why not create a series like that that maybe it, it is, you know, we have the Clone Wars series, do a series just like that, but it does involve Luke, Leia, and Han between A New Hope and The Empire Strikes Back. I know we've had comics and things that filled that before, but I would have liked to have seen that. Or maybe it is something between the, the original trilogy and the sequel trilogy and fill in those gaps and Can using, I, again, familiar characters. I, I, have a, I, I have a way to maybe illustrate this a little bit. Okay, good. Um, how quickly can you name three High Republic characters? Go. I can't. No. <laughs> <laughs> you just read like three of the books. I can't. I really can't. One. I don't remember. Come on, name. This, I couldn't even th- name anybody in Alphabet Squadron except for <laughs> the main character, which I can't think of right now. <laughs> so I looked up. I like. I googled the name so that I could remember from from the Light of the Jedi. And it's like, oh yeah, I remember Avar, Chris, and Loden, Great Storm. Like yeah, those are see, interesting. See when you say them. Like, yeah, yeah so those are the most intriguing ones. But as I went through, there were, like, a few characters that kind of stuck with me a little bit. But then, like, when we get into uh, Bel Zetfar and Elzar Man and Stellan Gios, Gios, like, the, I don't, I barely remember these, most of these characters. And granted, I didn't, I haven't read the whole book, so that's fair. But I just, like, that, that to me, you can have... I'll even go on further than you, Bruce, and you can have new characters, new timelines, and it doesn't even need to specifically tie in um, 
to an existing element of Star Wars you like. That is a that is a that's not a crutch. That's a good thing. It, it tying into beloved parts of Star Wars, but you can still you can still get there. But um, man, are you setting yourself up for failure if if you're not able to make the characters memorable or like? Well, again, in that novel, it was there was just so many characters, and they weren't spending a whole lot of time with each. It wasn't it wasn't someone's story. Mm. You know what I'm saying? That's it's so like when, true. That, and, and here's the thing: was Star Wars struggles with this. Let's be honest. Let's we can throw stones, and I I won't be. And listen, I like I'm a big fan of nuance when it comes to talking about Star Wars. Like I hate the sort of um, pseudo political generational fan discourse on social media and YouTube channels and stuff this day. It's like Disney star Wars versus the true fan. You know, I hate that. So I, I, I will, I will lev- levy this critique and I think it applies both to the high Republic and a lot of recent publishing and to one of the critical flaws of the prequels. Um, and this also, this is, here's my Boba's bounty. All right, guys, my Boba's bounty, because here, there's a video from uh, wisecrack. They do these different video essays, analyzing star Wars. And I was watching one on the Phantom Menace. Cause I, you know, like I say, I've been rewatching it on Disney plus and the characters you, you have much more buy-in and they mean much more when they have agency and consequences to their decisions where the things that they choose to do and they're faced with choices and, um, you know, conundrums that they have to figure out on their own. And, and, um, Luke Skywalker in the original trilogy had that, that, that traditional Joseph Campbell hero's journey, that, that calling to that, you know, moment of choice, the call to adventure that's answered after a tragedy. Luke Skywalker goes off with Obi-Wan Kenobi and, blows up the Death Star and saves the day, right? It's a very traditional but very effective storytelling. And and what the prequels and, dare I say, High Republic can fall into the trap of is this, it feels like this sequence of events, this history where the characters are there, but they don't really have that much agency and they sort of just like everything kind of happens as they go. Like, for example, there's a, there's a real, there's a real choice that Padme has in The Phantom Menace about whether or not to um, uh, vote for a con- call for a vote of no confidence against Chancellor Valorum in the midst of the tedious politics, right? And they re- we really don't see the choice through her eyes, and it's really seen as kind of an inconsequential, natural, you know, scene where he's voted out, and naturally Palpatine gets in because he's manipulating everything, and all continues as according to fate is desires it and it's a prequel grant it's hard not to feel like everything's just faded but there's this sort of timeline of of events and you never really the prequels suffer from sometimes um the de depersonalization of a lot of the choices and consequences um for the characters throughout the films not universally not all of them but i think that is one reason why uh, a fair critique of of george's prequels he doesn't really focus on the the character drama as much as he does the the overarching political drama and tragedy. And that makes the characters uh, not as easy to fall in love with as the original trilogy. There, I said it. Look at me actually critiquing the prequels. Crazy, right? Um, I'll leverage... Well, to to Mm -hmm. your point real quick. Yeah, yeah. I was just thinking as you were saying that, that, I mean, think about it. Everything now that we get is a prequel. Yeah, yeah. Because the latest we've gone in the Star Wars universe is the Rise of Skywalker. We have not really gone past that. So everything is prior to that. I'm yeah, I'd like to see stuff that what happens next. Well, what and, happens after that? And and so this whole like hyperspace tragedy incident. There there's no core character decision that causes this. And and there's no you know character who with whom is going to take on the mantle to save the day. And maybe there is, but like in, in Light of the Jedi, it's just uh, this this roster of of nondescript, faceless, char- unmemorable characters that are just reacting to everything that's happening in the galaxy. And that's just not as that's not as compelling. 
But see, that's the problem, I think, with the High Republic. And I think it might get better as we're going into the different books because it will focus more on characters. But we're trying to focus on so many different characters. Like, I would rather just have you know, maybe there's like four, four yeah. main characters that we got in the first book and we follow those mm. four for the next several books. And we really get invested in those four. That's but one thing we're gonna that... Get Star Focus on this one and the next one. Yeah, and it's one thing that Star Wars Legacy did really well. The old Dark Horse comic series about Cade Skywalker right. uh, in the Legends universe. They really they focused on Cade and his core group of friends. Um, and for that reason, you really do kind of buy into that drama. It's a great comic series. It's been a long time since I read it, but um, um, I, I think that's a good example of where character agency instead of just characters that are floating down a stream of like, you know, events that take place and then they just react to them. Um, I think that's where they lose me a little bit. Yeah. So unfortunately, I mean, I think what's coming on Disney plus I'm excited about that direction, but when it's been coming to the books and comics, I've been less excited. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. And so that is our Boba's about a very, uh, maybe not <laughs> negative, but certainly like uh, I think it's fair that we're we're brandishing our critiques of of where some Star Wars is heading. But uh, let's not just talk about that. Let's actually get into uh, some email, some feedback. Um, our first email comes from Kurt, longtime listener and supporter of the show. He says, "Good morning, afternoon, or evening." You know the drill, Riley. Hope you're doing well. Um, and and I he sent me this long email. I, I won't read the whole thing, but I thought it was so good. I wanted to bring it to the show, and I, I actually I shot him a note to ask his permission to to read it on the show here. Uh, so here goes. Uh, he says, "I prefer to take out taking you out for coffee and told you the story, um, but hopefully you're willing to take some time and read it to to uh, read it instead. As you know, I've been listening to the show since February 2015 when I found you guys on iTunes. Um, I've gone back and listened to most of the previous episodes as I can." Uh, and try to support the show. You guys do great quality work. Well, thanks, uh, Kurt. It is, as you said, uh, a podcast about the Star Wars universe and really focused on talking about the adventures and the culture that is Star Wars. The followers that have come on board the podcast uh, want to do just that. We don't We don't want to just be monkeys. So this is, if you remember, uh, Bruce, a couple weeks back, I did my famous monkeys with wi-fi monologue as i'm calling it i do it. i remember that yeah it's probably the most feedback i've ever gotten on the show and we really, really haven't revisited the topic but just a lot of you guys reached out tweeted and emailed kurt i thought you i really appreciated his in-depth sentiments on the matter um he uh he went on to say with that being said i wanted to tell you um what i think is a great story that caused me that about uh, what caused me to ask the question that i did so if you'll bear with me uh, I think it's worth the time. My wife and I are part of a small group in church, and while my wife doesn't listen to the podcast, uh, she is a Star Wars fan, as are both, my, uh, both of my teenage kids, and does listen to me talk about the show and knows um, about you uh, and Savannah, at least what you've shared. And within the small group, there's a cu- there's another couple, um, and uh, let, me, let me just jump through a little bit here. Um... Oh, so he goes on to talk a little bit about his wife, uh, his wife's podcast uh, that she's been getting going, and, and so the topic of podcasting in our community as as a Star Wars um, as a Star Wars community kind of came in parallel with his wife and and his wife's podcast work. Um, my wife started uh, um, describing the Star Wars report to her friend and mentioned that it was a podcast about Star Wars, and went on to describe the various things that you do to get sponsors, you know that sort of thing. And as it was a Star Wars podcast, here it is, Bruce, some of the guys started asking about it, and apparently our group is somehow also a Star Wars small group and basically a Pokemon small group, but that's a story for another day, led to some general conversations about Star Wars, and one of the guys posed the, the very question that I did in my last email. Um, that is, in fact, the first time I had heard or considered the topic. Uh, I'm not he- heavily on social media. And that was the topic of whether or not Kathleen Kennedy would be uh, fired, if you guys don't remember from the previous email. I know it was a few weeks ago. Um, my initial thought that was while you would possibly talk about the effects of some of the creative differences with Disney and Lucasfilm uh, and, and Star Wars groups, you typically don't focus on the such topic as your main discussion points. Nevertheless, I thought in light of the conversation with my friends, I'd send the email and see what happens. Honestly, up until Friday, I was um, out for a run listening to the podcast, and I would figured the email had gotten lost in the pile. Um, but then... 
there you were talking about it. And while you were joking about the sounds of, the, of opening the email, I thought, is he really going to do it? And yes, I did, Kurt, uh, because that is really what kicked off that entire segment, Bruce, uh, was Kurt's email uh, about sort of Kathleen Kennedy and, and sort of the fandom discourse around that topic. Um, unfortunately, in our world, this is back to Kurt, uh, there are definitely people that enjoy uh, and live to be like the monkeys. And sadly, while such topics can lead to healthy discussions and perspectives, typically they lead to unhealthy results. On the other hand, there's a large part of society that wants to be better than the monkeys and wants to use shared experiences within our culture to reconnect and be able to appreciate the uniqueness and diversity of these experiences. And that's exactly what uh, uh, we enjoy, and that's what uh, Tess, that's his uh, wife, is doing with her podcast. You stories of I think Tess is a friend of theirs. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, thanks to the great podcast and your love Star Wars. Here's to many more episodes of the Star Wars Report. And I just wanted to kind of, uh, it's, it's a very kind email, Kurt, and I've appreciated um, your sentiment, particularly the part about how I think it's important to recognize. I put, I put very specific language of monkeys with Wi-Fi, the, the idea, the, that allegory from the author um, about uh, monkeys' favorite pastime is just flinging poo. <laughs> and that's <laughs> right. kind of what Star Wars social media is. Kurt, I, I like how you pointed out that that is certainly not the majority of Star Wars fans. And I think it's easy to forget that. And as someone who just took, you know, a good chunk of time off of uh, social media, just as, you know, just as a brief uh, pause, uh, fasting, if you will, from social media for a time, um, it's definitely a, a healthy way to disconnect, at least in terms of Star Wars discourse, and remind ourselves what we do want to focus on, uh, which is, again, don't be monkeys. Even, even, even Ewoks and Wookiees don't fling poo around. That's what I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so, Kurt, thanks I'm for trying that. to think of the Star Wars equivalent of slinging poo around. Like, is there a creature that does that? Uh, I don't know, but if, it, if, if they was, it would make a fart sound in the Phantom Menace because that's definitely how that would work. Um, another email from Bryant says, hello there. Uh, hello there. Subject uh, prequel trilogy reimagined. Need more Star what? Wars in your life? I know it's a slower time right now and every, uh, as everything's just beginning to ramp back up, so to contend with the void in our lives. Here's a reimagined concept of the Star Wars prequel uh, trilogy. Full disclosure, there's a lot uh, missing, and I don't even have the uh, title for C-3PO's sake, but uh, these are the major points that I would want to see had I made the movies and were these ever to be made and these dots were to connect. Uh, I feel like this is a strong foundation for a certain point of view. Also, I for sure want to throw it out there uh, that I and try my uh, absolute best not to be one of those toxic Star Wars fans that are trying to sign petitions or erase away any episodes of the franchise. This is just an idea of what could have been. May the Force be with you. Uh, I won't read the whole thing. It's in, we will. I'll actually include the entire rundown from Bryant's email in the notes for this podcast episode. But uh, uh, for episode one, Anakin Skywalker and Obi Wan Obi Wan Kenobi are Jedi Knights of the Republic, keepers of peace. Uh, playing a detective type role the the Jedi Order is investigating a series of disappearances and murders and several senators have gone missing and have been found dead Anakin tracks a suspect a dark hooded figure from a far off planet um, and uh, most notably they find that this uh, suspect disappears after the murder of yet another senator uh, and it's sort of like this murder mystery with an epic final showdown between this dark figure that Anakin and Obi-Wan chase, who they eventually discover to be Darth Maul, who then says that his master is Darth Sidious. Uh, a, an interesting an interesting subplot, kind of raising up the age of Anakin and Obi-Wan, removes the Qui-Gon figure uh, with episode... Maul survives into episode two, um, and the hunt continues... Um, and he kind of plays up a little bit. Yeah, Anakin remarks that Padme left for the planet Geonosis and runs to the ship, leaving Obi-Wan behind, pursuing Padme, who is pregnant at this time. And then Anakin is the one who reaches Geonosis and finds the droid army headquarters with Obi-Wan behind him leading the clone troopers. 
Um, but Anakin's distracted because of uh, searching for Padme. Bringing Padme's distress is part of the center conflict um, instead of um, the sort of two separate adventures with Obi-Wan going on the detective. Um, and thus, the pregnant Anakin, uh, Padme rather, gives birth to the twins at the end, I know, <laughs> at the end of episode two, thus giving episode three uh, its own its own entire episode with Anakin, who is now Darth Vader, hunting down the remaining Jedi in Order 66. A common thread of desires I've heard for uh, episode three, that we never got to see Vader hunting down the Jedi properly. So, some really interesting ideas. No, but ideas. why don't they do a series like that? <laughs> well... I'd watch that. You know, let's, let's jump... All right. <clears throat> Let me just go a little right turn here back to the... Um, reddit page i was referencing earlier because it's got a great graphic you ready coming out this year bad batch book of boba fett star wars visions the anime series a cassian andor series more mandalorian range of the new republic ahsoka rogue squadron movie acolyte a, a show about lando star wars a droid series a droid story we don't even know what that is an undisclosed Taika Waititi project, an undisclosed Kevin Feige uh, project, and of course Ryan Johnson's unannounced and probably never going to happen movies. There is so much here, and yet they're leaving the Vader hunting down Jedi on the table. Now they've done it in comic book form, and and the Vader comics are again, I dare say, the best Star Wars storytelling that has come out of the entire Disney era. Um, but man, that would be great as a Disney Plus show. Oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, first of all, the the list you just gave, the majority of those I'm excited about. Sure. So I am good with those. But yeah, can you imagine? I mean, one of the biggest characters in Star Wars, Darth Vader, has his own show. Yeah. Because, I mean, he's in costume, right? You can put anybody in there. Yeah. Star Wars Vader. Which, and maybe, yeah. uh, I mean, they do, Obi-Wan Kenobi, they do heavily in that initial press release, uh, specifically say, see him face off against his ancient enemy, Darth Vader, in an epic duel. And so they're literally like, yeah, Obi-Wan's going to freaking face off with Vader at some That'd point. Cool. So that we're going to see that, but man, oh, he needs his own series. Right in the uh, fallout of Revenge of the Sith. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. Uh, they could call it Star Wars, I Am Your Father. <laughs> Star- or they should call it Star Wars... Dark Father, that'd be pretty good, right? Right into the dark, into the into the unknown. (laughs) Oh Lord! All right, let's. uh... Oh, I realized I I I queued up the um, I queued up the outro. Oh, there! Oh Lord, that's God, really loud. That woke me up. That was blame my AirPods. They automatically connected to my phone. They, it's, it's, it's By the, whole the way, thing. that email from Bryant, real quick. I I would love like alternate take stories, like you know, Infinities. That would oh, be cool. come on! I think that'd be. I love the Infinity comics, and that's what gave inspiration to the resurrection of Maul in a lot of ways. So, I yes. think that'd be great. Um, ladies and gents, that's gonna wrap up this episode of the Star Wars Report. <laughs> now that I've blasted out Bruce's eardrums, um, we've heard from you from Bryant. From Kurt, appreciate you guys listening, supporting the show. Hey, be like Kurt too. Um, he is one of our fine Patreon supporters. You can support the show at Patreon.com/slash Star Wars Report. P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com/slash Star Wars Report. Uh, new episode of Rogue Transmissions, our Patreon exclusive podcast, uh, is live. We talked in the pre-show uh, about the recent move and studio setup that I just went through. So. We like to we like to hang out and chat before the show. Uh, a little more loosey-goosey that way. Rogue Transmissions available at patreon.com slash Star Wars Report. You can also email the show, starwarsreport at gmail.com, just like Kurt did and Bryant did. Uh, you can also follow us on social media. It's at Star Wars Report on Twitter, as well as facebook.com slash Star Wars Report. Uh, share the show if you enjoy it and you're a Star Wars fan, you know the Star Wars fans in your life, uh, let them know about the Star Wars Report. You can leave us a rating and review on iTunes or any podcatcher that you use. We're on Google Podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, pretty much anywhere that you listen to podcasts. 
Spotify. We're on Spotify too these days. So check it out. Star Wars Report. Uh, until next time, guys. Oh, uh, Bruce. Don't let me forget. Tell the folks where they can find you as well. I'm on Twitter at Admiral underscore Rex. And I'm on a podcast called Positively Trek. There we go. Check it out there. Uh, you can also follow me. Uh, best places Instagram these days. At the Riley guy. R-I-L-E-Y. The Riley guy. That should do it. All right, guys. Until next time. May the force be with you. And remember, many Bothans died to bring you this podcast. Bruce Gibson. Until next time.